before our Christmas Eve edition of our Saturday simulcast, I want to say and provide a heartfelt thanks to all of you that supported Brian Newbert through our GoFundMe campaign. It really wasn't intended to be a campaign. Gunter Haynes put it together uh, and that uh, took off and we are grateful, so grateful for the support. It is a Christmas story that I will never forget. And I know that Brian Newbert and his family won't either. It is a bit overwhelming and uh, emotional, but we appreciate it all. And you have made it a very, very special holiday season for all of us at goldenblack.com. So enjoy today's Saturday simulcast. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your generosity, your love and support for Brian and his family, and for really for all of us at goldenblack.com. Welcome to our Saturday simulcast. We've got the band together here. Brian Newbert, Mike Carmen, and Tom Deanhart joining me. This could go on for hours, but I promise you it won't. It's only going to go on for about 20 minutes. We're going to have our little uh, Christmas Eve edition of Saturday simulcast brought to you by the Union Club Hotel. Uh, it's uh, probably cozy and warm there. It is not cozy and warm anywhere else. It's so cold in my house that I've got my Columbus chill hat on here. Just I'm not marketing anything for the chill, I promise. But uh, there's some hockey fans in this among this group, so they, they can relate to good old minor league hockey and would appreciate that. All right, I'm going to start with you, Tom Deanhart. Uh, uh, obviously, you're going to at least be heading to warmer climes here before long. Uh, it's it's actually about 70 in, in, or 60 in Orlando today. I think it's going to be warm next week. Just uh, your impressions as you get into get into that and uh, and as Purdue makes its trip with a, a roster that uh, none of us would have predicted, I guess, uh, where the Boilermakers are heading into that uh, showdown that will have us on the edge of our seats on January 2nd. Uh, Tom, what, to, what say you in terms of where, what, what's the status of things, at least in your own brain? Well, first, man, it's great to see Mike Carmen, man. I tell you I what. <laughs> we finally done it. <laughs> You talk about a champion among champions. I'll be sad not to have Mike at my side. He's my leader. He gets me to the post-game interviews. <laughs> He's the He's the lead blocker, if you will. But anyway, yeah, who knows? You know, as you guys have read, we've all seen on social media all the opt-outs. I mean, it's going to be a, an interesting depth chart, if you will, for Purdue come January 2nd. Um, Again, more notable for who's not going to play than who actually is playing. I know Purdue's trying to make the best of it, right? Uh, Drew Brees was brought in, um, I guess, part cheerleader, part coach, if you will. And uh, they're, they're trying to make the best of what's been, a, am sure, a very trying situation amid all the tumult of the coaching change. And then so many things going on right now with recruiting just high school kids, the portal. So, again, uh, again, it seems like it's almost become an afterthought <coughs> But it's a big bowl game, right? Uh, January 2nd. So, uh, you know, Purdue's about a 15-point underdog, I think. And um, they will have their hands full, for sure, taking on, you know, Brian Kelly and Jaden Daniels and that whole LSU roster. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Carm, you've covered Purdue football for decades. And that's, you're not old enough to do that, but we're going to say you have. But look at, you know, and, and and I know you're helping us a lot with basketball now with Brian. We appreciate that. But your perspective of just what might be the mindset of, of Purdue. I mean, Drew Brees, in my opinion, does bring 
they probably want to perform well because Drew's in the house, so to speak. I mean, there's they've got to help a little bit from a motivation standpoint. Does it make any difference for you? And does this bowl game make any difference uh, in the in the grand scheme of things for Purdue football? Well, I've, I've tried to forget about football the last. I time. know you have, <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to do with everything that 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 has gone on. Uh, it's to me, it's just a sad state of affairs of where we've come. Yeah. Uh, w- with these bowl games where players are opting out. And um, I, I did, other than the bowls giving them money to play, which probably will happen down the line, does does this structure even exist in five years? Uh, I mean, it's a big – I mean, Purdue should be celebrating an opportunity to play in a New Year's Day bowl game because it doesn't happen a lot. But they're taking a skeleton crew down there. Um it doesn't appear that it will end well for them, but you know, last year Tennessee was supposed to roll over them too, and Purdue had some opt outs, and they rose to the occasion and and got the job done. Um, you know, Drew Brees, you know, adds a storyline to the to the mix. You know, gives uh, the network a, a, an in game interview they normally wouldn't they, they wouldn't have to 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 keep. To... What? Uh oh. May have lost yeah, car. We lost you at Drew Brees, but go ahead. Uh, but just, uh, you know, I think the, I think the guys will play hard because they're going to be, you know, looking to put on, put something on tape for the new coach to look at and try to get a job next year. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that all plays out, but they're, they're definitely shorthanded and they're going to have to, uh, to, to do a lot of things. And, you know, Brian Brom should have Jeff Brom's, uh, full list of uh, trick plays to use at his disposal. <laughs> Brian, oh yeah. Brian, you know, with Mark Hagan being still involved, uh, running out the ground ball, so to speak, to hit till his departure, Brian Brown, we presume as well. Uh, strange environment, but uh, you always have a different way of looking at things. Is there something else we should be looking at for this one? Uh, first off, I'll take Alf for the block. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is there a different way we should be looking at things? Uh, it I is think the Christmas season, after all. I think I'll second what Carm said. It's kind of unfortunate that this is sort of what it it came to, but this is sort of the this is sort of the issue with the calendar nowadays and the changing climate of college football, where uh, these bowl games and the timing of them make less and less sense. And until the NFL starts rewarding guys for playing in bowl games. This is college football's problem. This isn't the NFL's problem. This is the bowl game's problem. This isn't the NFL's problem. Um, I'm of the opinion, and I, I don't I don't have all the answers here. I'm just the guy who comes up with the big idea, and then somebody else can figure it out. But <laughs> I, I think that you know we're we're reaching a point where I think they need to have a conversation about moving these bowl games to the start of next season. Um, if you just think about the ratings that the TV networks could get out of that, you wouldn't have the captive audience, but you'd have a more interested audience. You'd have a more amped up audience. Obviously, mm-hmm. the teams wouldn't be the same as the teams that earn the spot in that bowl game. But I think that would be a hell of a way to start a college football season. And I think you'd have full participation. You wouldn't have these situations where where teams are going into their bowl games with half their team in the portal and no coach. Um, it, it just... The calendar just doesn't make sense for this anymore. It, it makes sense for the college football playoff uh, because all those guys are going to play, but chances are college football playoff teams aren't going to be between coaches and they're not going to have, uh, you know, all that much 
uh, portal damage having been done to them. Um, I don't know how viable that is, but that's just the hot take I came up with last week that I figured I would, uh, I, I would throw out here. Um, but it's a shame for Purdue because this is a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but in the grander scheme of things, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of collateral damage in the bigger picture of, you know, starting a new coaching era. The, the far more important thing here is that Purdue has gotten is finding out whether or not Purdue's gotten the right guy here and whether or not they can kind of kind of build on success, if not take it to another level here. This bowl game is just kind of lost in the, in, in the middle of that. And that's that's too bad because this is a pretty big deal for the program. Hey, real quick, too, but yeah, before we go on, I would like to, since Mike's been out of pocket for obvious reasons, moving on to bigger and better things. <laughs> I, I, I would. I think people would love to know. I know I would love to know. I'll speak for myself. I'm sure a lot of people watching would like to know Mike Carmen's thoughts on just real, real quick. The Brom, what do you thought Jeff Brom meant to Purdue, and what do you think is the new hire? Well, you know, I think obviously the program's in a better place now than it was. I mean, the bar was pretty low when he came, so any success was going to, to get over that. But when you look at the last six years, you know, Purdue's playing in front of near capacity stadiums full houses at ross aid uh they are exciting to watch um yeah there's a lot of things a lot of drama behind the scenes and a lot of things that went on that you know make this a clean break into a new era but yeah. i don't think you you know I, and i know he was just two games above 500 but you, they're going to go to four bowl games in six years uh it doesn't you know it's not what joe diller did 10 and 12 years but it's still pretty good accomplishment in the big 10. Now, once things change, when you get in one division in a couple of years, you know, it's going to become a little bit harder to, to do what they did this year, but you know, they won a big 10 West championship. They've been in that conversation for a while. So it, it's, uh, it's gotta be a successful era. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't be building statues right now for it, but you know, it's, it's a, it's, it'll go down as a, as a pretty good era of Purdue football, I think. Yeah. What about Ryan Walters? What do you think? Well, you know, I haven't been around him. I've just, you know, seen what you guys have done. And uh, I, I, I was surprised Purdue broke the mold and went defense and went with no experience as a head coach. Uh, but it, it appears he's starting to surround himself with, with guys that probably fit what Purdue needs to do from an offensive standpoint. And that's throw the ball around and have it centered around the quarterback and trying to get marquee receivers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I just, I mean, I, as most people probably have, have said just take a wait and see approach see what happens is he if he's the dynamic recruiter that he, he comes in with and he's going to fill the roster up and how does he do in the portal and there's just so many different things now that he has to work his his way through so uh we'll see we'll see what what happens and how it all comes together but you know so you know so far he's he's gotten some pretty good people on staff and uh, and i and i think purdue fans probably will, will like that once uh once we get playing and once we get into the season a little bit, but you, you still got to have talent to, to, uh, to navigate that 2023 schedule that's coming up. Tom, I got to ask you because you've been watching the portal and watching these guys come in and out, watch the assistant coach being hires your impression early on. I mean, it, it's some good names in there. Some still youth is, is the winner here in this whole deal. Uh, but what have you taken from it? Yeah. First the, the Drew Brees thing about what Mike talked about, 
I was on a radio show today in Baton Rouge, and they said they're going to have a drinking game for how many times Drew Brees is shown on the sideline during the course. It'll <laughs> be perfect. <laughs> Forget about the high Bob game. It's the all they need is a reason down there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even need a reason. No, they don't. So, you know, <laughs> I think you know Mike knows this, and Brian. I mean. <clears throat> Purdue's got needs at every position, honestly, right? I mean, there's some that's more urgent than others. I think you guys can correct me, or I'd love your feedback. Defensive backfield, linebackers, and wide receivers may be the most pressing. Probably use a couple offensive linemen, a tight end. And then there's quarterback, right? Of course, the position that draws all the interest in the eyeballs. What's Purdue going to do at quarterback? Are they going to bring in a portal quarterback? I, I think we believe they will bring in a portal quarterback who that somebody is no idea we think maybe they've at least had conversations with a couple guys uh hudson card and and uh keaton slobus but again i was looking at a list today of available quarterbacks and there's still some interesting guys in there um you know the connection to keaton slobus you know brian talked about that it's obvious graham harrell was his oc at usc so there's a familiarity there. You know, Hudson Card's an Austin, Texas guy. Drew Brees is an Austin, Texas guy. Maybe they talked. Who knows? But anyway, um, it's going to be fascinating to see. I think maybe we could see something pop in the next week as far as a portal quarterback goes. And uh, I do have to think, though, like Mike said about the offensive staff, Graham Harrell, I'm sure, is going to make a lot of people sit up straight if you're a quarterback and you're looking for a place to – become a dynamic thrower you're probably going to want to play in his offense so and I think there was some unease when Ryan Walters was announced as to what this offense was going to look like and I think the the hiring of, of Harold has to have eased any fears people had about maybe Purdue straying away from its always quarterback centric offense so yeah again there's a lot of work to do guys he only signed 12 players Wednesday seven guys decommitted and again I'd like your input. I mean, how, how many Porter guys do you think they're bringing? Ron would bring in about 10. Who knows, man, maybe this staff's going to have to bring in 15 guys out of the portal. Brian, I'll throw that at you because, I mean, obviously with just looking at that whole situation and, and covering recruiting and et cetera, it's, a, it's, a, it's the wild, wild west, but it's the de definition of uh, you got to have roster management at the top of your list of things you can do as a new head coach. Yeah, I don't want to frame this as a rebuild because, you know, Ryan Walters is taking over a successful situation, yeah. but – Nevertheless, new coaches, you know, very often want to or and it's in their best interest to turn over the roster as fast as possible, get as many of their guys in there, uh, get as many guys they've evaluated and they've gotten to know and fit their, you know, check all of their boxes as possible. Um, and there's it's not like it's it's not it's not like it's rocket science. A lot of coaches look for the same stuff. So if 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 Jeff Brom staff look for guys who played with high energy, love football, whatever you want to say is. Chances are, if if they've got those guys, Ryan Walters will be happy to have that sort of characteristic in his football program. But nevertheless, there's going to be systematic concerns or systematic uh, boxes to check. There's going to be personality boxes to check. There's going to be, you know, uh, whatever's going going on behind the scenes in the program, whether or not that's a healthy situation or not, um, you know, to address things like that. So. I'd imagine he'll be very aggressive with his scholarships. Um, I'd imagine he'll be very aggressive looking for the specifics he wants in both offensive and defensive players. And I think uh, it's probably one of those situations where you max things out. I mean, 
an empty scholarship does you no good. And I think nowadays in college football, it's about year to year roster management as opposed to roster development. And I think that it, it's reasonable to expect him to come in and just, if they've got 20 open scholarships, use 22 of them. You know, that's kind of the kind of the nature of college football nowadays. So I, I would anticipate that being the case, but I can't claim to know Ryan Walters well enough to know his approach to this stuff, nor can any of us. So uh, we're, we're all just kind of speculating here. That's what we do, though, man. We just speculate. That's our full time job is speculation. Got to talk about something. <laughs> Got to do that. Got to fill time. All right, we go. We'll get to the. the uh, hold on, questions. hold on. Oh, go ahead. No, I just say I had one thought. I mean, when Painter did his, when Painter joined uh, the program, he took some questionable character guys. Brom mm -hmm. probably did the same thing just to fill the roster. I mean, do you foresee something along that line just to fill the roster? He's going to take a gamble on some. Some guys that may not be, uh, you know, choir boys <laughs> at the beginning, uh, just to kind of fill some spots and get the program up and going. Yeah, that's always the risky run. Um, now, how you avoid that nowadays, that's the undercurrent to that whole question, too. It's like if you're recruiting a guy in a week out of the portal, how do you get to know him? How do you find yeah. out that he's a choir boy or not, or not a choir boy? That's the really hard part of this nowadays. And that's, the occupational hazard for every coach in, in college sports right now, not just football, but basketball as well is, you know, when you built a program for the, through the traditional recruiting cycle and you had a kid on your campus two or three times, you had him at camp, you got to do in-home visits with him, you know, things like that. You got to be around the guy. You had an established recruiting base where you could know the coaches and you'd have people who shoot you straight. And now it's, it's speed dating. It really is. It's it's college recruiting Tinder. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, not to get. Uh, I got that app on my phone. No, I know, I know. Go ahead. Not to take. Don't say that out loud. Um, <laughs> I know. I won't. <laughs> not to take this in a crude direction, but that's kind of what it is. It's sort yeah. of, uh, it's sort of speed dial recruiting, and I think you can kind of see in basketball right now. I think there's a lot of teams that, you know, college basketball, college football are two very different sports, but I think there's some teams in college basketball right now that have bad locker rooms. And I think that's, I think some teams are underachieving relative to expectation because of it, because you bring in these mercenaries that they maybe don't gel quite as well. Somebody finds out that somebody else is getting more NIL money than the other guy. And all of yeah. a sudden you have problems and that opens a door for a team like Purdue that can, maybe not have those same problems because they're not playing the game the same way, you know, to just be a little bit more functional than other people. And that's, that's going to be the nature of college sports nowadays. And I think that's probably what you have to be really careful of when you're in Ryan Walter's situation and not walk in here and bring in the wrong guys. Um, and for it to not be a net gain, but to be a net loss. Yeah, I think too with with Ryan, you know, it, his biggest thing is going to be. I always said, always, I haven't said it for all that long because I don't even I've said two words to Ryan Walters, but <laughs> that culture is everything. His one of his most important hire, if not his most important hire, will be his chief of staff, whatever that looks like, and who directs him uh, in building that culture. I mean, Tom, I'll I'll go with you. I mean, and, and kind of dovetail off what Brian said. That is going to be the premium here is can you get guys in here that are going to buy into what Purdue is about? I understand Purdue's different than it was 20 years ago, but there is a certain 
way that Purdue does things, and it seems to permeate even through the Brahm era to some extent. But how how do you view that? Um, well, I mean, I have no idea how he's going to build culture. I, I don't know. He's, he's a young guy. He was billed as having a, I guess, an effervescent or magnetic personality, charismatic. Hear that word a lot. Able to connect with people. Um, one coach called him had like an ambidextrous personality, which meant he could fit in any room, old people, young people, didn't matter the demographic. He could, he could, he could blend in and, and, and connect. I think we saw that at the Tuesday meeting with the players from our superficial view. We heard reports that there was, there seemed to be a, I guess, a, a, an uplifting feeling, um, having him in the room and certainly, you know, Mike could speak to this too. Personality-wise, seems like a 180 to Jeff Brom in a lot of ways. Uh, Jeff could be personable, but I never got the feeling that maybe he had a real connection with players. And uh, it seems like this guy is going to be one of those guys who has that connection. Talked about every guy's got his cell phone. I'm sure everybody had Jeff Brom's cell phone, but you know, maybe they'll they'll have a willingness to really reach out to this guy if they have a question about something. So. Just a different vibe and a risk too. I, you know, he he talked on that Indianapolis radio station this week. They asked him about being too young for the job or, or why he thought he was hired, and he thought his inexperience was a value because he didn't he wasn't predisposed to the old way of yeah. how college football yeah. worked. He talked about how hey, this is all new to me too, and the, talking about the portal and NIL in particular. Thought that is that was a strength. He he was not he was not gonna have to break any old ha- bad habits or get out of a routine and get up to speed on these new policies and how the sports working now. So I thought that was an interesting thought. And guys, so far every assistant coach that's been reported to be hired or has been announced is young too, right? Yeah. I don't think there's been a guy over forty yet that's been hired. Or, or he couldn't even be on this Zoom. I mean, that's it's, so, it's unreal. <laughs> Well, we don't have room. We don't have enough boxes. <laughs> That's true. No, yeah, we do. They they make more boxes. I could ahead. probably be his dad if I'd had a kid when I was in college. So uh, <laughs> anyway, it's it's just a different vibe. It's different, right? And uh, like Mike said, there's, there's a risk in every hire. I don't care who you hire. There's a risk. Nobody knows if, if any hire is going to work out. Yeah. You're pretty. Why not take a chance? You know, you're definitely zigging. Everybody's zagging, right? You got Matt Rule in Nebraska. You got Luke Fickle. At Wisconsin, here you got Ryan Walters, who's never been a head coach before. So uh, again, um, he's going to have to get up to speed quickly with some coaching, with his coaching chops. But he's eager, he's confident. We know he's confident, right? Yeah, he believes in himself, and is it's going to be a real fun, interesting ride to see how this unfolds with the staff, with the roster, and like Mike said, man, that schedule. Fresno State. Have you guys checked out Fresno State this year? You know, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and then you got Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan. It's There's a lot of heavy lifting next year, too. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, that first seven games is pretty nasty. All right, we're going to go to the Christmas portion of this. The holiday tomorrow, the big day for a lot of folks that give gifts back and forth. And you've got one minute or less because we're, we're running up against it. We're not running out of time. You never run out of time on Zoom in theory, but we're. I told you I'd get you out of here at a reasonable time. The, I'm going to start with you, 
Mike, on the gift that Purdue needs most. This can you're doing a lot of basketball now. Is that a trip to the Final Four? What what if you were if you were Purdue or if you were Mike Babinski wishing for a, a gift for your athletic program? What would it be? Well, I need Caleb first to say the word Bobinski for me because. It says, <laughs> um, well, I mean, obviously the gift would be getting to the final four and winning a national championship, but how do you, how do you go about getting there? I think, although Purdue played, played well enough the other night, they, they still need Zach Eady if they're going to achieve that. And so you need a healthy uh, and productive Zach Eady, Zach Eady. And the other thing that I would put in their stocking is more consistent three-point shooting. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a yeah. struggle. It's been a struggle here recently. They have good shooters, but they just need to find a consistent level uh, night in and night out. All right. That's good. That was the most succinct answer we've ever had on on our, our Zooms. Well, You're the yeah. winner. All right, Brian, up to you. Up to you. Yours, yours are always. Yeah, we're not doing the Final Four thing yet. We're not <laughs> We're not talking about Final Fours yet. All right, this, there you go. this team's got a long way to go. A uh, no, no long doubt. way to go. Um, no, I, I think obviously, you know, football, football drives a ship and you need this you need this hire to work out. You know um, I think when you go out and look for coaches, a lot of people want you to hire a star, but I think sometimes too, you find a comet. And I think, you know, Purdue seems to believe that they found a comet. Ryan Walters, a guy who's, who, who's on his way up. If, if he's able to energize this program, um, you know, right. sort of the way Jeff Brom did those, those first couple of years, uh, and if they're able to just be a little bit more disciplined, run a little bit of a tighter ship, keep keep in mind how many wins Purdue left on, on the field the last couple of years. Just if you just tighten this up, tighten that up, you know, if things were maybe just a little bit, you know, more uh, cleaner, more streamlined behind the scenes, maybe if people were all on the same page, just a little bit more. Think about how different things could be and think about how good things were. All, all the memories that were created that will live on forever in Purdue, Purdue football history here. Just think about if you win at Syracuse, if you close out Wisconsin a couple of years ago, if you win it at, at Nevada, if you win this game, that game, Eastern Michigan, all those games that, you know, you should have won that you didn't, you know, we're not talking about a coach here who, you know, was two games over 500, whatever the final record was. And in context, that being a pretty big success, we're talking about, you know, somebody here who won like 60% of his games and, you know, maybe should have that. I don't want to say have that statue, but, you know, was really, really something special here. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, Ryan Walters can sort of take this. If Ryan Walters is what Purdue seems to believe he is, and Mike Babinski does have a pretty good track record identifying this, that kind of it factor with up and comers. Um if they've got that, you know, with the schedule being what it is, with the, the divisional realignment coming, being what it is, um, you might be onto something here. But we obviously have no way of knowing how this is going to pan out. It's been a week. Uh, he's not coached a game. He's not coached a practice. I'm not sure he has an office yet. Um, <laughs> I'd be interested. To, I'd be interested to know who has the the head coach's office right now. Is it Brian Brom or is it Ryan Walters? Anyway, I think Purdue needs this football hire more than anything to work out so that is that to me is Purdue's foremost holiday uh wish all right Tom Deanart you get the last word 
Chad Brom gets to drive victoriously down I-65 in his 2004 Honda Accord, right? Yeah. Uh, I think a job, job well done. And uh, I think Purdue, um, speaking of Syracuse, too, I'd still be stuck at Syracuse if it wasn't for Mike Carmen. <laughs> My car was locked in the garage and he bailed me out. Anyway, I digress. Um, I'm going to say a quarterback. How about that? They need a gunslinging quarterback. No offense to Michael Lamo or Brady Allen. Maybe they're ready to go. But I guess if I'm uh, if I'm the head coach in 2023, I'd, I'd feel a lot better if I had a quarterback on my roster who'd been through the, the battles, so to speak, of big-time college football. And, and you're going to need it. Again, we talked about that schedule. So big-time quarterback who's going to make everybody around him better. Uh Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll get one before Christmas. Who knows? But that would be my wish, uh, uh, specifically for Purdue football. I think um, for this uh, holiday season of 2022. All right, well said. I think it. Uh, I think all those are are well. <clears throat> any one of those would fit well in Purdue stocking. Guys, thanks so much. I want to thank the Union Club Hotel. But I really want to thank you all of you, and we had the privilege of working with you guys this year. It's always a Christmas is a good time for reflection, and I'm grateful for all of you, all the support that uh, you've given me, and uh, and uh, we appreciate also our readers, listeners, viewers. Uh, the outpouring support for Brian has been terrific and inspirational as well. We've appreciated that too. So thank you all. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, or whatever you're celebrating in the next week. We'll have we'll have one of these next week as well, leading into that. Uh, Mr. Dean Hart will be jumping on the plane here around this time next week, but uh, we'll look forward to doing that as well. So uh, happy holidays to all, and we'll see you next week on our Saturday simulcast.